Maybe you're going through a crisis of faith. We've all had them. And if you haven't had one, you got one coming, amen? But you know, I always thought that a crisis was when something bad happened. I always thought that a crisis was when something happened that I didn't like. But I looked it up in the dictionary. And I found an incredibly profound definition for crisis. Here's what the dictionary says about a crisis. It is a crucial or decisive point or situation a defining moment or a turning point. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, that's on page 272 in the Bibles in front of you, 1 Samuel chapter 30, King David, a man known as a man after God's own heart, experienced just such a crisis. If you would follow along with me in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and let's find out a little bit about this crisis that David went through. In verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 30, the scriptures tell us, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great, and they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Does that sound at all like a crisis to y'all? As a shown enough crisis. Verse 4, Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. They wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you been through that kind of crisis? Where you ran out of tears? And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself. The King James Version says, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. I'll tell you what that is here in a moment. 
and Abathar brought the ephod to David. And so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, God, answered and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the 600 men who was with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued. He and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate, and they let him drink water, and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins, so that when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread or drunk no water for three days and three nights. And then David said to him, To whom do you belong? And where do you come from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, a servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the Chethrites in the territory which belongs to Judah and in the southern area of Caleb. And listen to this. And we burned Ziklag with fire. He was involved. And David said to him, Can you take me down to this troop? And so he said to me, So he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. And when he had sought him, when he had brought him down, there they were, spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. And then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small nor great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which had taken, been taken from them. David recovered all. And then David took all the flocks and herds which they had driven before those other livestock and said, This is David's spoil. Where in the world did they get that kind of strength? Here David and his army had just returned from battle. They discovered the enemy had attacked their camp. They had taken all their goods, all their livestock, and worse, kidnapped the wives and kids. So serious this situation was that the soldiers actually talked about killing their leader. How did David face his crisis? How did David defeat his discouragement? The Bible says that he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself. For you see, friends, a crisis does not make a man. A crisis reveals what a man is made of. That's good news. What 
we really are in the core of our being becomes public when a crisis comes our way. You'll know what kind of man you are. You'll know what kind of woman you are when a crisis comes your way. Did you hear how David's men reacted at the crisis they faced? Verse 4 said they sat and wept until they had no more tears to cry. Verse 6 says that others complained and they blamed David and even thought about killing him. How easy is it in the midst of a crisis to point our fingers at somebody else? How easy is it for us to blame others or look for a scapegoat? Surely this crisis is not one of my own making, but often it is. But what did David do? Well, David shed a few tears. After all, he had loved ones that were taken captive as well. He loved his family just as much as anybody. But after that, he stopped. He stopped the weeping. He stopped feeling sorry for himself. And he turned to the Lord his God and he asked him for strength. And in verse 6, the King James Version says that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And that lends us to a question. How can we be encouraged when the crisis hours come into our lives? Certainly, I want you to know this morning that God is able. Can you say God is able? Can you say it with a little bit of oomph? God is able? Amen. Don't ever forget that. Nothing is impossible for God, and there is no problem that is too difficult for God to solve. Has he ever lived that out in your life? So what do we do? What do we do to defeat discouragement? What do we do when the crisis comes upon us and we got no more tears to weep? How do we go about strengthening ourselves in the Lord? Can I remind you of this? Disappointments happen, but discouragement is a choice. Friends, did you hear that? Disappointments, crises will come into your life, but discouragement is a choice you make. So I suggest if we're going to defeat discouragement that we take the same steps that David took. Maybe we need to make a choice like David to yield to God's plan. David yielded to God's plan. In verse 7, David asked the priest to bring him that ephod. Now the ephod was a garment that the priest wore when he was trying to determine the will of God. And so David asked God, should I go after the enemy? Will I find him? Will we catch them? Will I find my wives and children? God said, not only will you catch them, but you'll recover everything you lost and more. That's encouraging, amen? That means we have hope. That means we have a future to look forward to. And I'm reminded here, as I read through that, I was reminded of Job. Job, because Job certainly experienced a crisis in his life, didn't he? Didn't he? See, Job lost everything. He lost his servants. 
He lost all of his livestock. He lost his children. He lost his, even, even his own health. And all Job could do was fall down on the ground and worship the Lord his God and say, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin. And more importantly, Job did not blame God. And then in chapter 42 comes the good news. Because in chapter 42 we find that the Lord restored Job's losses. And the Bible says that God blessed the latter days even more than he did in the beginning. Just like Job. Before David made a single move, he yielded to the plan of God. You see, your God knows the end of the story from the beginning of the story. He knows long ago that you and I were going to need him and need his strength today. Because God's got a purpose to fulfill. He's got a purpose to fulfill. And the Bible tells us that if we will surrender to his plan, he will work everything out for good, our good, and his glory. So when we manage the crisis, when we manage the crisis of our lives by following the example of Jesus, then we're able to turn the dangers, to turn the disappointments, to turn the discouragements, to turn the depression into divine opportunities to fulfill God's plan. In his book, It's Not All About Me, Max Licato was telling about a friend of his who had a show nuff crisis. His friend was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And it seems some Christians with some good intentions told that, that man stricken with cancer that if he would just have faith, he would be healed. But no healing came. And all he had was a crisis of faith. But Max gave him another suggestion. Max said, maybe this crisis is not about you. Maybe this cancer is not about you. What do you mean it's not about me? Maybe this hospital room that you're in, maybe this radiation and chemotherapy that you're going through, maybe the ongoing struggles of dealing with this dreaded disease is really just a showcase for God to crank up the volume of his glory. Paul was right when he said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us 
a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You see, despite how things look on the outside, despite how things might seem in your life, despite your own perception, your loving Father has a plan and He knows the end from the very beginning. Psalm 33.11 teaches us that the Lord's plans stand firm forever. The plans of His heart can never be shaken. So when difficult times come, we need to make a choice. We need to make a choice to yield to God's plan. David encouraged himself this way, but he didn't stop there. Because David also made a choice to ask God for strength. David needed strength. He needed physical strength. He needed emotional strength. He needed spiritual strength to do what had to be done. But in verse 10, we find that David and his men were absolutely exhausted from the previous battle. The emotional strain of the crisis they were going through caused them to be so weak. It was almost the straw that broke the camel's back. And many of those soldiers were so weary from the crisis, they just couldn't go on. But in obedience, 401, David, mounted up on their steeds and rode off to battle. Where in heaven's name did they get the strength to keep going? Where did they get the strength in the midst of this crisis to keep on keeping on? I'll tell you, God gave it to them. God gave them the strength they needed. And can I tell you this? That when God tells you to do something, he will give you the strength. He will always give you the strength to do what he's told you to do. Those boys could have argued with God. They could have argued with David. They could have said, David, I am too tired for this. I can't go on. I'm too weary. I'm too depressed. My family's gone. They could have said, God, I am sick. Too sick. God, I ain't got time for this. I got too much to do. I got too much on my plate. But they didn't. They simply obeyed God and went forward in his strength. And God gave them the strength that they needed. Gave them the strength. And listen, friends, when we obey God's plan, he will give you and I the strength that we need in our hours of crisis. I read about another pastor who was going through a show enough crisis. See, his daughter had been in a horrible car accident. And his daughter was paralyzed from the waist down and confined 
to a wheelchair for the rest of her life. But one day, the pastor came in and he saw his little girl there and he said, Darling, where's your mama? I got a surprise for her. And the little girl said, Well, Daddy, she's upstairs. Why don't you give me the surprise? I'll take it up there to her. And he said, Honey, I'm sorry, but you can't even carry yourself. And with this huge smile, the child said, Oh, Daddy, you give me the package. I'll carry the package. You carry me. After I chuckled, that spoke to me. Did that speak to you? You carry what you got to carry. Let God carry you. You may be carrying a burden. You may be going through one heck of a crisis. You may be suffering sickness nobody else knows about. But you can trust the Lord your God to carry you when you can't go on anymore. Brothers and sisters, those who seek God, those who converse with God, those who study the word of God will discover that God gives incredible strength to those who ask him in the hours of our weakness. The wonderful thing about being a child of the king is that we have a strength that's not our own. For you see, friends, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's Jesus who gives us the strength. So friends, when you're facing a crisis, when you're trying to defeat your discouragement, you got to make a choice that you're going to yield to the plan of God and that you're going to be willing to ask God for His strength. Because listen, His strength never fails. But there's a third step to defeating discouragement, a third choice that you got to make. And that is you got to trust God to do the rest. David trusted God to do the rest. I mean, how in the world were they expected to find where the enemy was hiding? And if David and the soldiers did find them, what if that army was stronger than his army? What if they were too late and their kids were dead? What if they were too late and their wives were already gone? So many questions. So many questions just swirled around in the mind of David. But you know what he did? He turned it all over to God. And he trusted God to do the work. And God worked. <laughs> God worked in an amazing way. He led David right smack to the middle of the enemy's camp. And they caught the enemy by surprise and recovered all their wealth, 
recovered all of their wives, recovered all of their children, and recovered all the loot that they left behind. And God blessed the latter days more than the very beginning. It was a great victory. But listen, friends. You're listening, say amen. Like all victories in life, it was a victory of faith. It was a victory of faith. Now, I've learned, maybe you have too, that living by faith ain't all that easy. Can I get a testimony? Living by faith has its challenges. But when that crisis hour comes, and it will, we got to remember that there are some things we can do and many things we can't do. And that's where the faith comes in. Many of you may remember Mike Holmgren. Mike was the coach of the Green Bay Packers. But what you may not have known about Mike is that when he was young, he played pro football. And he played for the New York Jets, and he was doing really good until this up-and-coming punk quarterback came in and took his place. And that guy's, that punk's name was Joe Namath. <laughs> Roll Tide 1965, Brother Bradley. But after he got cut by the Jets, Mike Holmgren found that God was directing him to a bigger and better plan. Mike said, I had committed my life to Christ when I was 11 years old. But in my pursuit to make a name for myself, I left God right next to my dust-covered Bible. Y'all ever been there? But after getting cut by those jets, I pulled out that old Bible. And I began to read a verse that I memorized when I was in Sunday school. And it said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Mike says now, hey, I just asked Jesus to take control again. Now my priorities are faith, family, and football in that order. Psalm 37.5 instructs us to commit our ways to the Lord Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. I read that verse, and I said, what's it? Bring what to pass? Bring God's perfect plan to pass. Friends, again, when we manage the crisis of our lives by following the example of Jesus Christ, and by submitting ourselves to the principles that we find in Scripture, then you'll be able to turn these depressions and these dangers and these disappointments and these discouragements into divine opportunities to glorify God. See, like David, 
We've got to get to the point where we must do what God tells us to do. We do what God says to do, but also like David, we've got to learn to trust God to do the things we can do. How many of you know that faith, faith controls the actions of our lives? In other words, the way we believe God determines how we behave for God. If you believe a little, you're probably going to behave a little. David set out in pursuit of this enemy. He trusted God would direct him. He trusted that God would direct him into victory. And listen, God honored his faith. Right now, you may be going through a crisis that I don't know nothing about. Right now, you may be going through something and you don't see how in the world that problem's going to be solved. But can I tell you something? God does, and that's all that matters. God knows the end from the very beginning. Believe me, friend, if you look to yourself, you're going to get discouraged. If you look at the circumstances and the situation surrounding you, believe me, you're going to get discouraged. But if by faith you will look to the Lord who knows the end from the beginning, you will be encouraged. Miss Janet shared a, a quote last night on Facebook. And I said, i got to have me some of that. And here's what it said. God is not punishing you. He is preparing you. Trust his plan and not your pain. See, in difficult days, we need some secrets. We need to learn some secrets of how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And I've given you three this morning. Yield to God's plan. Be sure to depend on God's strength. And whatever you do, trust in God's promises by faith. And as you do, what's going to happen is your discouragements are going to be able to fade away. And you'll begin to enjoy an awesome victory. Victory in Jesus. See, there's a victory that God's already won for you. Jesus died on the cross for every lie you ever told. Jesus died for every evil thought you have ever had. Jesus died on the cross for every pain you have ever caused. Jesus died on the cross for every commandment that you have ever disobeyed. And we can't save ourselves. We simply must accept the solution that God offers.
Can I tell you that by His grace, God saves you. He saves you when you truly believe in His Son, believe that Jesus died on that cross for your sins, and you believe that God raised Him from the dead to defeat death once and for all. And that your eternity So today, why not strengthen yourself in the Lord? Why not encourage yourself in the Lord and defeat discouragement once and for all by making the choice to trust Jesus today? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, I want to speak for all my From this day forward, from this moment in time, in this, this, this turning point, in this defining moment, we are choosing to yield entirely to God's plan. Lord, we are asking you right now for the strength that we will need to go through the crisis we're in the middle of or the crisis that we yet have to face. And Father, we ask, Lord, we ask that you would help our unbelief, that you would help us to trust you to do all those things that we can't do for ourselves. Lord, thank you for saving us. That was something we could not do ourselves. Thank you for Jesus, for his death on the cross, for his glorious resurrection from the grave, and Lord, for the Holy Spirit of God who indwells the believer and enables us to live a life of faith and to be champions, champions for the cause of Christ. Lord, if there's a decision that has to be made this morning, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to them in a still, soft whisper. Lord, you lead them to take a step of faith. And Lord, you'll take over from there. Lord, if there's somebody that needs to get their life right, Lord, today is the day. If there's someone that needs to be saved, today is the day. Lord, if there's somebody that needs to follow through and believe in this baptism, Lord, today is the day. If there's somebody that needs to be a part of a body of Christ, a church family, Lord, I can't think of a better one than right where they're sitting now. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for Jesus. In his name we all do pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing.